Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast from another world. And this episode, well, there's a little bit of a treat going on for you listeners. So I'm not going to introduce this. How about we have somebody else do it? This is Jason Yashannon, and I played Arby in the Troma Classic Poultrygeist, Night of the Chicken Dead. And you're listening to the podcast from another world! <laughs> to another episode of the podcast from another world i am your host phantom dark dave and i know i'm gonna say it i have a special episode for you lined up today but isn't every episode kind of special let me tell you why today's episode is especially special if that's even a thing and that's because this is a dave's pop culture podcast reunion episode that's right we are teaming up and you're thinking like who's we like brian like no Brian wasn't part of Dave's pop culture podcast. I had a co-host. You remember. She's the lovely Jen Dreadful. What's up, Jen? What's up, guys? How you doing? I am doing good. And, you know, normally I would say I haven't talked to you in forever. But you know what? I have recently talked to you because speaking of trauma, we got to team up and do a top five favorite trauma on the Fright Club podcast. I know. And I think that's what kind of ignited the flame again and we had to just uh you know let it flow we did and the fire always burns bright with trauma because there are so many things to love about trauma but you're right when we had to talk back and forth and watch all those trauma movies and put together the definitive list of best trauma films if you could even imagine the torture we went through in doing so the movie we're going to talk about today was in our top five it was in our top five. It was also in a in a poll we did before um, we ended P- Dave's pop culture podcast. So it, this has been in the the works for a long time. It's long long time coming. You know what's funny? You know who the number one backer was for Poultry Guys winning the poll topic? Well, who was it? It was Brian, the host of Terrible Terror. It sure was. And you know what's you know what's un- unique about that is Brian's third episode of the podcast is Poultry Geist. So Oh is it? It's yeah, already that's been right. covered yeah in this feed, but 
he wanted to hear us do it. <laughs> so I take that to heart. I love it. And yeah, like you said, Poultry Guys won the topic. So apparently it's what everybody else wanted to hear too. Who wouldn't want to hear about this movie? It's fantastic. You guys heard it. We're going to talk. Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead. And I love starting these episodes off, Jenny, by talking about how we discovered it. And since you're guesting on this episode, think back as far as you can. 2006 movie. When's the first time you saw Poultry Geist? Oh, geez. I'm going to have to say it was probably like years after it came out. You know, um, I had had a lull where I wasn't watching much trauma anymore. And then um, I discovered Poultry Guys, and it just ignited that flame all over again. I mean, this movie is awesome. Do you remember if this is something you saw on TV or you picked up the DVD or was it streaming? I think it was something that was on TV. It had to be on uh, cable somewhere when I had uh, watched it. Okay, right on. I knew this movie because the the name, right? We all know that, hey, Poultry Guys, that's chicken but that's like a play on poltergeist wait neither the chicken dead that's a play on nine living dead wait you're telling me this movie's about zombie chickens like just discovering that from the title i was sold by it and so i actually rented this dvd from back remember when netflix did dvds before they were big into streaming oh my gosh and you had to have like your cue and stuff uh-huh yeah <laughs> they sent them out one by one i had a trauma cue <laughs> but, nice but seriously and hey that's a pun right cue as in like Tromeo and Juliet? Q? Right. Yeah? Okay, there we go. <laughs> Possibly another movie top five. If you don't know, you need to go over to the Fright Club podcast and find that top five favorite trauma films. That's what's up. But, yeah, I remember renting this DVD and putting it in, and I had never seen a trailer. I have known trauma, so, you know, Toxic Avenger, we know what trauma is, we know how crazy it can get, but dare I say, nothing can prepare you for Poultrygeist. Oh, absolutely not. I think it's one of their... Um more well-known movies. I mean, there is everything that you can think of. Of course, there's always plenty of boobs, lots of bloody fluids, zombie chickens. I mean, it's, there's <laughs> everything all rolled into what? Bitch titties. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny, too, because I got to come out and say this. Some of you know, some listeners out there may or may not, but uh, I got a new lady in my life. Name's Julie. And I showed her her very first trauma movie the other day and it was poultrygeist oh no it really was. and i was facing a difficult decision i was like is this the first trauma movie you show somebody like it's do or die with this movie this movie i felt like was the right one not only because it perfectly aligned up with this podcast but partially but the other part was like like you were about to say jenny like Everything is in this movie. Like, if you love horror or if you love splatter effects, if you love over-the-top acting, there's so many things you can love. And people, if you don't know, this is also a musical. It is also a musical. Okay, but I'm dying to know, what did she think? Okay, so she's not as crazy as you and I are, okay? Okay. She's not the kind of person that's going to sit down and watch Saul and Hostel and stuff. So once things get overly graphic and too real, she's kind of out, right? Like, I'm not going to have her watch Father's Day, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, no, no. But she is a person who likes psychological thrillers. We've been watching the Halloween franchise together, so she digs horror enough. So I chose this movie because I absolutely love Jason Uchannon's performance uh, as Arby in this, and I think it's hilarious. And it seems like the more I watch this movie, the more I pick up on some of the background comedy that you miss. And so I tried it out, and I am happy to say that she liked it. She told me the things she didn't like, but more of all, she told me the things that she really liked. And bottom line, 
she said that she would watch another trauma movie. Really? So she made it all the way through? Oh, we watched the whole movie. She laughed the whole time. Oh, nice. Oh, That's yeah. great. I must say, did, I don't know, did she one-up Albert right there? Uh, absolutely. Yes, she did. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe George, <laughs> too. I don't know. Yeah, and absolutely George uh, and um, and Albert. They have, no, Albert has never made it through a whole, a whole one There's yet. no love for trauma there, is there? No. But he loves <laughs> it. You on love my it. own. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on my own. Every time he walks in and I'm watching a um, a trauma movie, I don't know how and I don't know why, but it's always during a sex scene. And he's like, "What are you? Why are you always watching porn?" I'm like, "No, it's not porn. It's just trauma." <laughs> and something that George had said, I love so much too, because he's a hundred percent right. And, and I know you and I agree about this too. But when we say it's trauma, like we're basically saying. That it the production company that made it right the distributor this is Troma Entertainment but when mm-hmm. you say Troma you know what you're getting and you definitely get that with Poultrygeist. This is Troma. This is the epitome of Troma. Now because this movie has technically been covered on the feed, we're going to change the way we run through. We're not going to do a scene by scene dissection with audio clips and stuff. We're going to treat this more like the podcast from another world way where I think we just talk about all the characters. We talk about some of our favorite scenes. We recommend it to people and uh, we sign off. We just have a good old fun time. Kind of similar to the way we did on some of the older trauma reviews. Absolutely, yeah. Sounds like a blast. Let's start with our main character. I already mentioned RB, played by Jason Yachan, and he's our counter girl. What did you think of RB? I loved RB. He was so much fun. He genuinely looked like the whole time that he was making this film that he just had a fucking blast. I mean, who wouldn't? You get to walk around in a tutu all day, so that would be <laughs> good. <laughs> that would be great. But yeah, he was hilarious too his character is really over the top of course um and he's you know just a lovesick puppy this whole time and uh there's just so many things to love about him he's a scene stiller for me he seems like such a natural actor especially in the trauma world um he has all the winning characteristics i love what you said about him being the lovesick puppy he definitely comes off that way And I don't know if you know this. You may already, because I know you also like to dive into the trivia a little bit. But you know how this is a musical? Even though when they film it, they're lip-syncing, you know, to get the audio right or whatever. He really did sing his parts, though. Oh, really? No, I didn't know that. I did not know that. So Jason Shannon's got a little bit of singing chops. He's got some acting chops. And he's funny as hell. Yeah, he just seems so natural. And he's so fun to watch. If somebody out there from the trauma world stumbles upon this episode, we want more Jason Yuchanan. My heart is broke that this is the only thing he's been involved with with trauma. And Lloyd Kaufman, you need to do a poultry guys too. I'm just saying. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh, that would be like a dream come true. It would be, and you know, Lloyd put a lot of his own personal money involved in this because. Unfortunately, trauma depends how it goes, right? I mean, now with streaming services, at least with their own app and everything, they're able to make a lot of money through things. But 2006, this movie was not a box office hit, believe it or not. And so sometimes it's seen as a flop, if you could even imagine. But yeah, Lloyd, I mean, he, this was like a passion project for him. And I can only imagine you got the most perfect name. It's a great fucking story. And Jenny, I mean, I like... I know we gush over trauma. We like everything trauma. And you mentioned this being kind of one of their more well-known. And I'm like, yeah, it's like one of their best. And it's crazy to even say that. But, like, this should have been a fucking hit. It should have been a hit. You know, um, there was a lot of 
of passion put into this movie. I don't know. There, there is a, a documentary about this movie. It's mm-hmm. available on Prime. I don't know. Have you seen it? I have seen it. Poetry in Motion. It's great. Yeah, it's a great documentary. But you could just see like the passion that he has working through this project. And I mean, most of these are, are fans that are coming out. And they're people that are paid, what, $100, and that's for the whole movie. Yeah. And so most people are working for free, and you got, you know, they're working out of abandoned buildings. I mean, this is a passion project. It is. And I had the privilege of speaking with Jason, um, oh gosh, like three or four years ago, uh, very briefly about the movie and the things he was able to tell me. You're right, abandoned buildings. This was a shutdown McDonald's. They also rented out like a um, a church type deal so they can film under the church because there was basically they couldn't film the nude scenes inside the McDonald's, which I guess I kind of get. But then they were able to film them under the church because there wasn't a contract that it couldn't be done. So it's kind of ironic when you think about it. Isn't but, that uh, hilarious? <laughs> it is hilarious. But you know what really kills me is think about like those 80 people involved, like cast and crew. They all stayed at that church thing. One bathroom, Jenny. Oh, no. Oh, no. I wouldn't have made it. I would not have made it. But would you have made it for trauma? That's what's up. You know what? I I would have done my best. I would. But you know what? The things that look like they had to deal with. I mean, there was flooding and there was electrical (laughs) problems and there was uh, makeup wasn't right. And they're standing around in the makeup, you know, for 12 hours a day without shooting. And that that would have been absolutely nuts. Nuts. I know that the character um, that plays Mickey, she had to be in the chicken zombie makeup for like twelve hours, and they put like, I believe it was like flour and paste in her hair and stuff, and she had gnats and and stuff flying around in her hair, and she didn't even end up shooting that day, so she stood around in that makeup for twelve hours for nothing. <laughs> Oof. Well, since you brought her up, let's jump to her character. Uh, Mickey's played by Allison uh, Saraboff, and you could describe her several ways. She's kind of this, uh, dare I say, dyke character, mostly because she is a lesbian woman, but also gets called a man <laughs> out of comedy reasons a lot. Uh, what did you think of the character of Mickey? Uh, she's tough. She's butch. She's yes. pretty butch. Um, if you see her character, I mean, she's got some guns on her. I would be scared of her. She's like got her her muscles have some serious definition, <laughs> <laughs> and she's and she's very aggressive. And uh, and yeah, and they're they're with the clam lesbian you know group, and they're protesting. So I don't know if you would say uh, atypical. Of, of college lesbians. <laughs> oh, but yeah, she's great. She is great. And she is very much a force to be reckoned with because we're going to meet um, Wendy. We got to talk about Wendy. Wendy's played by Kate Graham. So Arby and Wendy are a couple. And then Wendy has to leave and go off to college. And then now that it's been a year, like a whole semester, Wendy's back, and Arby is returning to the place where they had some amazing romance, and that's when they—that's when he discovers, oh, this. Well, let's let's break the egg here. It was a graveyard. Now this graveyard's no longer here. It's this restaurant. This is the American Chicken Bunker, and that's where he sees Wendy making out with Mickey. He didn't even know she was back in town. And so here's your love triangle you're presented with. We have poor, like you said, sick love puppy Arby. We have bisexual curious Wendy and then we have 
Mickey, who is the aggressive new girl <laughs> in Wendy's life, who basically gives Arby a lot of shit. And Jenny, I'm going to go ahead and let you steal this. What is so unique about all these names? Oh, they're all obviously after fast food chains. <laughs> they are. Mickey, yeah, Mickey McDonald's, you know, Wendy's, and then Arby for Arby's. I don't think I caught it, like, right away, but I remember when I did, I thought it was the most clever thing I had ever heard of. Isn't that so funny? And they're not our only characters with those names. You also have um, our manager. His name is Denny. And then you have another employee there, Carl's Jr., and then, uh, what was his name? Paco Bell? Paco, Not Taco Bell. Bell. Paco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to stop you right there. Let's talk about those characters specifically. We have Denny, who's played by Joshua Olatund. I- I'm sorry, his last name is a little hard to pronounce, but he, like you said, he's the manager here. And I don't know, he was equally a scene stiller for me, dare I say my favorite character, outside of Arby. He was good. And, and you know what? His acting was actually really good, you know, for this movie. I think, and poor guy, I think he only got paid like, what was it, like a hundred bucks for the whole movie or something like that? <laughs> for re- I, re- relocating his life or, and, and going over there for a hundred bucks. I would like to say he got paid more. I, I want to say that. I, I <laughs> But you know what? Again, he was Denny in Poltergeist. Like, that's a legacy you don't live down, man. That's the coolest thing ever. And I agree with you. Like his acting was good. And yeah, he may have, you know, had to go over here and, and move over here and sacrifice a lot and get paid less, but he was able to show that he can act. And I'm happy to say that he's still acting to this day in several things. And <laughs> he looks so much like 50 cent. It's insane. <laughs> he does look he a does. little bit like 50 cent, doesn't he? He does. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whenever 50 Cent's not wearing his hat, though. You know, let's be real. <laughs> but, uh, oh, Denny character is hilarious. You know, he's the manager of this American chicken bunker, and he has a dream one day of having his own franchise, but he realizes it can't be called Denny's. <laughs> yeah, that's already kind of happened, so. And you mentioned I'm- Paco Bell, who is Khalid Riviera, and he's hilarious because he is a gay Mexican Yep, and of course they named him after Taco Bell. Why wouldn't they? Oh, I never got it, no. <laughs> but, he's, but he's hilarious and um, dies a pretty gruesome death, if I remember correctly. He, Yeah, it was not pleasant for him. I remember his death being pretty, pretty fairly gruesome. Well, yeah, I mean, he is one of the first people to die in the film. And, you know, you and I have always said this about horror movies. Like, you have to at least start and finish with great death scenes for, to make a good, you know, do the filler in the middle, do the off screens in the middle. But you got you got to captivate the audience in the beginning, and then you got to satisfy them at the end. And I was definitely satisfied here. He gets pushed into a grinder by a chicken, right? Not like a tall zombie chicken, but literally just like a whole chicken that's flying through the air. It... And, you know, I don't know if he deserved it, right? That's pretty mean. But he was also masturbating in the taco meat, or in the chicken meat, rather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. uh, he got his happy ending, at least. And uh, But he got pushed into that grinder, and it was glorious because we had a blood fountain. That kitchen gets covered in Paco sauce. See what I did there? And nah. his limbs were flying all over the place. And over in the corner, we got to talk about our character, Hummus. Hummus? Hummus. Yeah, it's hummus. <laughs> poor hummus is like they keep calling her an Arab, the poor thing. And <laughs> and and for some reason, like 
all, all the the earlier deaths are like coinciding with her presence there. Yes. So she gets blamed for like every single one <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. But it doesn't happen to slow the kitchen down at all. No. Like, they just keep on working. They make her clean up the mess, and they keep working. They grind it up poor, um, you know, Paco, and instead of, you know, shutting down shop, they used his meat for sloppy Jose's. Sloppy Jose's. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? There's something to be said, because we meet our character, General Leroy, who's clearly modeled after Colonel Sanders. He is a true champion because he said that Paco will still get paid for the entire day. Oh, well, how generous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, our character, General Leroy, he's uh, played by Robert Walk- Robin sorry, Watkins, and um, I didn't look up to see too many things when he's in, but it seemed like he had kind of a prolific career as well, and oh man, he's a, a love-to-hate kind of character in here, and when he has the things happen to him, you kind of cheer for it because he's kind of a racist bastard in this, but uh, he's also a scene-stealer. Yeah, he's supposed to be that character that's one of those, uh, like you said, love to hate. And he's, um, you know, the the owner of the, the fast food chain. So he's this, you know, mega conglomerate overlord and everybody hates him. And he's just peddling out chicken to whoever he can. And, uh, uh, yeah, he has some pretty horrible things happen to him as well. And when they do, I'm happy to see it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. And so the craziest thing with him is <laughs> you, you realize he, he loves his chicken, and he puts the American chicken bunker above any other fast food chain. They got the best chicken in the world. But Jenny, he never really wants to eat it, does he? He never does want to eat it, um, but he does eat it one time. But that's only because everybody is telling him, well, then you have to eat it. If it's so good and it's so yummy and it's good for you, then you eat it. And it doesn't end well for him at all. It the, doesn't. After the, after the first time he eats his own chicken. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because in that scene where he's being threatened by the people saying that you eat it, you can see the concern on Denny's face, who's right beside him. And whenever the general is going to eat the chicken... <laughs> Denny, he looks so like, like I don't know about this dude. Like, I wouldn't eat it. Like, that's the exact look he gives him. So you can see that not even Denny is eating the chicken there. Nobody trusts it. And why would you? Because it kind of looks like fried chicken, except for the fact that it's covered in green slop. And it has, what do we call it? Flavor pods? Flavor pods. The people are asking what those green, these green gooey, uh, you know, postures are coming out of their chicken. And they're like, what are these? What's in my chicken? And he's like, oh, those are our new flavor pods. <laughs> hey, good on you. That's great. Great advertising. Those flavor pods are pulsating like a damn heartbeat. It's disgusting. And when he bites into that chicken, he immediately is like, my ass. Like, where he needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and that's the thing about this movie is when you ingest this chicken, it goes from zero to 100 really quick. And you're either vomiting or shitting. And the abundance of red blood and green vile is amazing. Yeah, the main the main color, uh, you know, that's supposed to represent these chickens and these zombies is green. So you see so much green slime and green uh, body waste and and green bubbles and pus and ew, it's just so disgusting. Since we're talking disgusting, we definitely need to talk about Joe Fleshaker's character because he plays Jared from Subway. Oh my gosh! And this guy, he's so funny. He actually has like a 
a pretty long history with trauma, doesn't he? He does. He is a token trauma actor. Mm-hmm. I think they said for a couple decades he was doing movies from there, and he plays the character Jared. And they're at, you know, like, you know, who's that Jared? Jared. Yes. <laughs> that Jared. <laughs> <laughs> this was before we all found out who that Jared from Subway really was, but... Yeah, 2006, Jared from Subway was still an okay guy. And if you've ever seen Joe, you know that uh, he's like Jared before Subway. This dude's like a three to 400-pound big man. Uh, seems like he has an amazing heart. He's in some of our favorite <clears throat> trauma films. But if you want to know what those are, you know, plug again. Go check out Top 5. But he pops up in quite a few of them, like Jenny said. And one of the craziest scenes with him is... And this is going to get me to a question I need to ask you, Jenny. Have you ever took your food into the bathroom? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, his his scene was actually the like maybe one of the harder ones for me to watch. Like that was particularly hard for me to um, you know, not shy away from the screen because that was so gross. So he eats the food and then immediately like you said, after eating the food, he has to go to the bathroom. So he runs to the bathroom, pulls down his pants, but he has his tray of food with him, and he's shitting and eating at the same time, and it's, like, so fucking gross. In one way, out the other, I always say. Oh, it's so gross. (laughs) I remember watching that documentary you recommended. They had a hard time filming that scene, it seemed like, and they were in that bathroom for several hours just shooting whatever they put together to make the shit color just all over the place. And it seemed like so many times something didn't work or went wrong and they had to like clean it up and do it all over again. But I say, you know, I didn't go through it. So it's easier for me to say, but it was well worth it because that scene is executed so well, so well to the fact that I'm like you, like I kind of turn my head like, Oh my gosh, this is gross. People, you understand the scene we're talking about. Big man sits on the toilet. Our camera's in the toilet. We get that ass view. Here comes the poop. Jenny, the version you watched, was it censored? Did no, it have... absolutely not. No, I got all the asshole. Really? That, you know, right in, yeah, it's right in your face. That's all the, I all... have the DVD and it's censored. Like, no. you see it, but when the poop thing comes out, there's a little word that says censored right there. You didn't have that? No. It's on um, it's on Prime if you rent it on Prime. Oh, it I was going to say, it's it not free. <laughs> No, no, no. You have to rent it, but it's like ninety nine cents. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so it's not breaking the bank, but uh, but yeah, it's it's ninety nine cents to rent. And my version, you just see an eyeful of just butthole right there in your face, crusty as. Was up. that the first time you'd seen that version of it? It was. Okay. So I was a little shocked because I I usually see the little black bar that's a yeah. sensor. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh god, oh no! Now you made it worse. How could you possibly make it worse? But you can't make it worse. <laughs> I'm curious as to why that is. I mean, like, if they had showed the... I wonder if the version you watched, if it's called, like, unrated or something, or director's cut, because maybe I'm watching a rated R version and you can't show that in R. Maybe that's why they had to censor it. But just to hear that something is censored in a trauma film doesn't even sound right. I know, right? Yeah, this definitely wasn't, which made it all the even more worse. gross. Yeah, yeah, and, and, the, and you're right. All those people in that you can imagine it's a they're filming it, you know, in an abandoned McDonald's. So you imagine <laughs> a, a little McDonald's, you know, toilet, single person toilet, and all those production people are crammed in there with this huge man and they're filming a, a shit scene. <laughs> so oh. 
oh my god, I can't even imagine what they went through. And it's not somebody that, and I'm not saying anybody would do this, but it's it's also with a trauma legend. So you're not going to disrespect, no matter how many times the scene is fluttered or anything like that. Like this is Joe freaking flesh shaker, right? Like so, if it doesn't get it right, if it doesn't work, whatever, you keep doing it because this guy's a legend. Um, I can only imagine, like if that had been happening with a no name, they may have been like, dude, just get out of here. <laughs> we'll get somebody else. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how hot would it have been in that bathroom? Seriously, do you think they even had AC? Dare oh, I say? absolutely! No, absolutely not. You can see them. They're all, like, fanning themselves and, you know. Plus, I'm sure everything stunk to high heaven in Oof. there. You know, there's so there's no circulating air. I think one of the days they had, like, a thunderstorm. Yes. And it flooded the whole bottom of the, of the McDonald's. So it's, like, all that mold and mildew, and they're having to build sets on top of that. That's commitment. That's trauma. That is trauma right there. <laughs> Well, hell, we might as well roll into it here. we got a couple more characters, but we'll get there. Let's start rolling into death scenes, right? Because we mentioned Jared. The cool thing is he originally, I, I wrote down that he died, but he definitely does not die. So he takes a shit. He shits out, the, is it the egg or the bird? I think it's the bird. The wet goes out, instantly goes right back in, and that bird is in his stomach, and it, it causes him to rip his clothes off, and he just, like, shrivels and... He, how do I say this? He like shrinks in and basically he shits himself out, right? That's yeah, the way he, I see this. He like deflates and all his body <laughs> deflates, parts go yes. into him. He deflates. That's what it, ha- and then you see this skinny, weird, bloody <laughs> chicken covered. person pop out of him. Yep. And, and it's happy that the chicken person is happy and it's running around saying, I'm skinny, I'm skinny. That's right. Jared did it after all, I guess. <laughs> but uh, one thing that I want to tell people is if you're listening to this episode, I hope it's because you're already a trauma fan. If not, I hope we don't scare you away. But one good thing to tell you about trauma is most of their stuff is practical effects. So when Jenny and I saying, but things working and not working, it's because they're doing practical effects. Sometimes the machines don't work or whatever. The, the, the effect doesn't pull off. But when it does, it looks amazing. It is. You have some really committed um, effects people there, and they're doing it on a shoestring budget, you know, and in the time frame they had to do it in. Everything looks spectacular. I don't really know how they got it to, to come together so well. Yeah. Well, I mean, the documentary says it didn't go so well, but you watch the movie, you see the, the outcome, and it's glorious. And the one of the characters that we cannot forget about is one that cracks me up so much because he's got this Adam Sandler vibe to him, and that's Caleb Emerson, who plays Carl Jr., that you mentioned, and he is our animal-loving redneck. Carl Jr., Carl Jr., you're gross, okay? <laughs> um <laughs> So he, I, you know what? He loves working there, and um, you can pretty quickly gather why. And it's because he has access to all of those um, fine-looking chicken, yeah. which you know he's a chicken fucker. So let's just put it out there. Don't knock it till you try it, Jenny. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, literally. And there's even a scene where we, when we're meeting the characters, we find out that Carl Jr. and Arby know each other because they went to school together, and they even were in debate class because you know Arby was not for. What is it? Animal fucking? Uh, bestiality. bestiality. And Carl Jr. Yeah. was pro-bestiality. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you find that out pretty fast. But, hey, at least he makes love to his meat. I mean, you can... Oof. <laughs> <laughs> he, made love. he didn't just go in there, Dave. Like, he made love. He caressed. He, he talked, talked to, to that. Yeah. He talked to that chicken. But you know what? <laughs> 
At the end, the chicken still bit his dick off, though. What? Yeah. That's wrong. When, when you have to tell your in your your supposed to be inanimate uh, chicken less teeth. Yeah. When you have to tell your chicken that, um, it's time to pull out, pal. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not, not a normal be, chicken. That's not supposed to be happening. <laughs> Uh, pull out, pal. And even okay. And hey, just in case anybody's wondering, he was wearing a condom. He was doing it safely. He was, yes, yes. He had full respect for the chicken. He did. I think that condom was behind his ear. And he like <laughs> he just like pulled it out. It was already like unopened and ready to go. And okay, I guess if you're gonna have sex with a chicken, at least do it safely. But like I you said, know. that that condom looked used to me. It Dave. did. It well, looked used. It probably just on the previous chicken. <laughs> But you know what? It doesn't end good for Carl Jr. Because, I mean, like I said, the chicken bites his dick off. That's already bad. And now we are getting more of the glorious blood fountain because it is spraying all over the place. And if I'm not mistaken, poor Hummus just cleaned up Paco Bell off the wall. And now here comes Carl Jr. respraying everything down. And what I mean is she has a mop in hand, Jenny, because she just got done cleaning. And uh, she shoves that mop through his ass and out his dick. Oh, yeah. She's trying to figure out for this poor guy because he's yelling, get it off me, get it off. And how do you do it? Well, he's, you know, bent over and spread eagle, so she just shoves that mop <laughs> handle right up his ass and out his dick. <laughs> and you can see the tip right on the, the tip of the mop there. It's oh, very graphic. Wow. And he's and Jenny, I, I think a normal person would have died at this point. But I think it's a little different because he's got that chicken DNA in him now. So he's going to live a little longer. But, uh, you know, if he has to go to a doctor, just make sure it's not a Jewish one. That's his request. That's his request. And you know what? For a minute there, he's laying there with that broom handle sticking out of him, and he's pretty happy. He's like, look at how long my wood is. Yes. You know? <laughs> oh, it's so funny because Denny tells him, Denny tells Hummus, you know, he, again, like you mentioned, Hummus is always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Now it looks like Hummus killed him. She's like, well, I just did that to get the chicken off. And Denny's like, if it had been the gay Paco Bell guy, maybe I would believe you. <laughs> Oh, which is terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Poor uh, Hummus. She's like, she's just like, huh? What? I don't, what? She's so uh, confused. Gosh. And we're going to talk about another character that we see in the very beginning. We don't see much with him, but we got to talk about Crazy Ron because he's played by Ron Jeremy. And Jenny, did you pick up what his character was to be? He was supposed to be kind of like Crazy Ralph. Was he? I was always trying to figure, I mean, his, his appearance in the movie is so brief. It is, but he's I think even it was supposed to be. Hat. Yeah, I think he was. It was supposed to be longer, but they ended up cutting out um, part of his scenes or something like that. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a cameo. I mean, it's Ron Jeremy, right? And this is not the first time that Ron Jeremy has popped up in a trauma film. Again, <clears throat> check out our top five over at Fright Club. But yes. Ron Jeremy makes a cameo. You're so happy to see him because, like I said, he's been in a troll movie before, so it's really cool to see people coming back and making cameos. And he's warning everybody of what's going to happen and what's going on, but then he orders some food. So he's cool. Yeah, he's always funny to watch. You know, like you said, he's in one of my other favorite uh, trauma movies. Please get over and watch the, and listen to that list. Wink, wink. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there's another cameo that I absolutely love. Did you notice Debbie Rashawn? I did briefly, yeah. When the uh, they're outside, right? 
they are outside and it she's described as actress hit by beer and the scene i'm talking about is whenever arby shows up for the first time he is offered a beer by his buddy and then when he sees wendy and she confronts him he confronts her he tosses that beer away and it just hits poor old debbie right in the head <laughs> right and if you head. blink you miss it but if your eyes wide open and you see it it's great because debbie dare i say is like the trauma goddess Oh, yeah, I know she's one of your, you know, all-time fave girls. But for the right reasons. She's awesome. She can act. She is. She's in all kinds of horror movies, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, we'll roll through some more characters here. There's more demise, right? We talked about Denny, and though he's one of the best actors in the movie, he gets it the worst, too, because he, in one of the coolest effects, he gets his head pulled right off. Oh, my gosh, yes. So gruesome. Oh, but so cool. It's so it cool. Looks, it is so cool the way you did it. The blood squirting. I mean, I don't even know how they... Where did they even get all of these body fluids from? I mean, it covers the freaking floor. Hey, maybe it was already in the McDonald's. Maybe we don't really know what we're eating when we eat McDonald's. Ah, that's right. I don't know. <laughs> but, Jenny, what's really cool about his head getting pulled off is the fact that later in the movie, he gets to grow it back. I know, right? Can that happen to me? I'd, I'd like to see if that could be done. <laughs> well, if you do, you might come back as a blackened chicken. A blackened chicken. Uh, Cajun blackened chicken. Like, did that just fucking happen? Yes, it did. Wow. Yeah, it did. It's so awesome, too, because I don't. he comes back and he's just screaming out things like jambalaya and, and all these things. And what happens is Arby pulls out a gun and he pumps him full of lead. And that's the end of Denny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were using actual, like, real live rounds, I think. When we when yeah, they're watching it, you know, they had to get trained how to use these big assault rifles. You see Lloyd Kaufman, he's one of the characters, too. He's up there using a, an assault rifle and shooting off live rounds. They had to have actual cops around the building to make sure nobody came in. <laughs> you got a permit for that? Uh, But yeah, since you mentioned it, Lloyd Kaufman, uh, by far the greatest cameo in the film, because he plays the older, like the future version of Arby. And Jenny, I'm looking at this, I'm like, I see it. Dude, he looks, oh my gosh, when you see them like right next to each other when they have the musical number, like it looks, they look uncanny, you know, You, you can definitely see that Arby would look like Lloyd Kaufman when he's older. And that right there is a compliment. You're welcome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Lloyd has some of the best dialogue in the movie, as he should. And it's always a pleasure to see Lloyd pop up in these trauma movies, especially knowing that he is involved with scripting. He directed the damn thing, and he stars in it as well, as he usually does. Uh, hey, maybe I'm terrible from her. Just check it out. Who knows? But the cool thing is even he gets a really cool effect because he gets his nose bit off by Denny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that is so funny, too. And Arby's like... And Arby's tank, you know, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And he's like, yeah, I bit, it, bit my fucking nose off, not my ears. Yes. Uh, and you just know that's Lloyd. That's like real Lloyd attitude right there. Yeah, he's so funny in this. And with some pretty cool dance moves, too. He does. And he has a Go Yankee tattoo on his ass. I know. But when he gets his nose bit off, a chicken beat grows back. And I thought that was a cool effect. Very cool effect. You see him in his um, in all of his chicken glory, but he's still the director, so he's still having to, you know, direct the cast and crew. And I would have, if it was me, I would have had the hardest time keeping a straight face trying to take directions from a mandress as a chicken. 
And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he still had the tutu on. Yes, yes, he definitely did. Chicken tutu. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and when I see that, I immediately think that's Toxic Avenger love. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think so. A small character that we got to talk about, just because he's in the movie, we have Father O'Hallahan. I guess I'm saying his name right. I wrote him down as, our, he's our weird, open-minded priest. You... Yeah, his his character was kind of kind of weird. Like, <laughs> he was he, just like there. He is. He's kind of like I'm by the book, but then you realize like he's by a lot of books <laughs> because in a scene he gives some of the oddest advice. So much so when he's get behind me, children, and I'm first thinking, huh? Okay, um, but then he puts out the cross and he's like giving us a little bit of uh, exorcist love. You know, the power mm-hmm. of Christ compels you. That doesn't work. So then he pulls out a DVD, and I'm thinking, what? And then we see the cover, and it's The Passion of the Christ of Mel Gibson. So he's like, the box office passion of Mel Gibson compels you. That doesn't work. So then when they hit him, he falls to his knees, and he gives it one last attempt. And he says, hell Satan? (laughs) That was one of my favorite lines. He's just like questioning, like, huh? Hell hell Satan? (laughs) No, that didn't work work? either. (laughs) No, he got his... his Face stomped in. He did. Oh I was just God. about to ask you. I was like, that was like the trophy trauma death. Is there's always a head stomp somewhere? And for a while, I was like, maybe we're not going to get one. And then I was like, of course, it happened to the priest. <laughs> yeah, it was a legit face stomp with um, a chicken foot. Would you chicken foot? Is that, is that what you call it? <laughs> you Whatever. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched Napoleon Dynamite. I'm a little uh, not up to date on my chickens. <laughs> but you mentioned Mickey earlier and you talked about how wonderful her costume was. The idea that she was in it for 12 hours. I actually wrote down that she had the best costume. Like I, I know the hell she went through and just the grossness of what it created. But when she like, I don't know if it's just her and her facial structure, but her costume was terrifying the way that it's pasted on. Like it legit looked like uh, a Mickey chicken zombie. No, it was, I know exactly what you mean. It was completely legit. Like it had half of her face was like this slime and then the other half is this decayed chicken. I don't know what they did to her to make it look so weird and gruesome, but it's not like, it's like a totally different quality than the other ones to where she actually legit looks creepy. Like I would not want to run into that. Well, I wouldn't want to run into anyone, but I'm beginning to think (laughs) zombie chicken for Halloween would be awesome. I know, right? Oh, but if you're going to do hers, then you have to, uh, you know, have it come with that one big accessory. The other thing that, you know, a trauma movie can't go without. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, you're talking about a large cock, and, I, and I'm not. Well, <laughs> I guess I am talking about it. But yes, do we always seem to have some sort of cock monster? That was a cock monster if I ever saw one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Denny, or not Denny, but Arby, he got real up close and personal with it. He did. You know, at at this time, uh, the scene is zombie chicken Mickey is attacking poor Wendy and Arby has to come into her uh, rescue and he grabs the the cock, if you will, (laughs) and he says, beating it off. He is. While saying, what do I have to do to beat you off, to get you off my girlfriend? What do I have to do to beat you (laughs) <laughs> He's like, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and it's so gross because that 
uh, Cock Monster regurgitates green slime all over his face. And you oh, know yeah. what they're saying when they do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> it's so, really mission, cool. a- mission accomplished? Literally, he stands <laughs> up and he's like, my job here is done. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's needed for this kind of movie. It falls right into place. And the reason I did it in this order is because Mickey and old man Arby actually die at the same time at the hands of not Arby, but in fact, Wendy. Yeah. Wendy's the one who actually comes to the rescue and she's, you know, while, while, um, Arby is on this tirade about how he's going to save the day and it's this monologue that he's doing. It's right up in his face. And then when they, the camera pulls out, you can see that Wendy has already, figured it out and saved the day <laughs> she has and we get a couple flashbacks and here's what we're getting at guys is uh we've discovered now what kills these zombie chickens and it's called poultry guys because it's american chicken bunker was built on a native american uh graveyard right and there's all the hauntings and everything and so they say the weakness of native americans not our opinion here but they say it's alcohol that kills them and there's a scene in that we didn't talk about that we're going to talk about right now of what kills carl jr is he's trying to tell arby alcohol whiskey and so he's saying to arby that's what kills this but instead arby's like oh you want some here you go and when he pours it in carl jr's mouth that's what kills carl jr because whenever a chicken ingests alcohol they start foaming and they die and so the scene you're talking about jenny is arby remembering that but by this time wendy has already taken care of it yeah she's already like um hello i just said that and then (laughs) of course there is conveniently placed a huge keg of beer yep right behind them and she just gets the hose and lets everybody have it and saves the day. Chicken and beer, right? Yeah. There's a scene in this that's quite funny because there's a whole bunch of people outside and they want to come in. They can't let them in because they would die. And so Wendy figures out, oh, we'll just turn the sign to closed and they don't come in. Well, that happens early in the movie. So now one of the chicken zombies flips it to open. And so though Wendy has killed our few zombie threats the masses are pouring in and this is whenever Arby takes over and Jenny, I'm sure you remember just as much as I do. It's freaking hilarious because as he's spraying them all, he's like, this butt is for you. You know, uh, taste the Rockies motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) It is so funny. I mean, it is just, you know, there are scenes in this movies with the, you know, like chicken zombie apocalypse looking things going on. And it's just, all out chaos. I mean, from top to bottom, you have zombie chickens everywhere. They're either fighting or eating or fucking or dancing. (laughs) It's just chaos everywhere. It is. And some of the most, like 20 minutes of the greatest, most gruesome deaths you're ever going to see zombie chicken related. There, a woman gets her, gel implants pulled out and the chickens are munching on them i mentioned bitch titties in the beginning not because i'm a dickhead guy but because literally a man grows boobs and he says i got bitch titties his shirt gets pulled off and instead of boobs he actually has eggs and the eggs hatch and then there's little chickens inside oh my god and it's so gross and then you have like a mama chicken come up to him and it's feeding the little (laughs) chickens that are in the guy's boobies yes 
Uh, like, what is going on? You got some chickens over here that used to be uh, part of the lesbian college group, and they're just making out with the boobs yeah. all out, you know? And you got another poor woman, not a chicken yet, but she's being uh, tormented by one, and he, he pulls off her top, and then uh, he's like, ooh, okay, instead of eating you, I'm just going to watch you dance with your boobs out. I don't know. And I love this. There's another guy. He gets wishboned. Like, ooh, that's got to hurt. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, two chickens are talking about make a wish, and they grab the two guy, the guy by its, his two legs, and one of the chickens says, I wish I was a princess. <laughs> and then they just pull him apart. Oh, man. They're like, what? A lot of things are like, what? What the? What are you? going on one scene the chicken w- reaches up and grabs a lady and pulls her face off and then he sits down in front of her husband and he starts eating it and the chicken goes i love the skin oh my gosh so cool. oh no she's she's more like what did she say um she's like i love the skin but it's so fattening or something <laughs> well, and then the husband's like i don't love the skin <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so gross one dude's on the counter, he gets, like, his arm chopped off and then his leg, and he's like, oh, my soccer leg. When <laughs> I saw that, I was laughing so hard. I was like, that's what you're worried about? My soccer leg. He didn't need his arms, just his legs to play soccer. <laughs> my favorite one, Jenny, though, hands down, is when the girl gets placed into the food slicer. Because it was kind of the most realistic looking scene in all of it. Because her face is placed in and then they start slicing like deli meat. Just these little thin slices. And it looked horrific. It looked really gruesome. And that machine looked legit. Like I hope that they yeah. took the blade off that thing. Because well, yeah, you're telling me they use real bullets. They probably use real blades too. I don't know. Yeah. And then there's another guy who gets his face deep fried in the fryer a few times you know poor guy and then and that's they pull not out, the worst of it no they pull he pulls out his balls and throws them in the fryer and they look beautifully fried by the way i yeah. don't know they and just, then the bird eats them and then he just eats them like mm, yeah oh. this other dude gets his eyes like literally plucked out and then they put the eyeballs into egg cartons and then you when the egg cartons open you see a whole bunch of eyes in there it's like these are so many like great ideas rolled into one and there's a lot of small details in here yeah. like really thoughtful details i mean they are just a bunch of deaths but they're really good they are this one dude gets and we have another head being pulled but he pulls like his head and his spine get pulled out and then they smash the dude's head as if they're cracking it like an egg and spill his brains out and they start frying his brains yeah and in his from his brains it's like when you when he cracks it open it looks like actual eggs it does like it, it, it looks sure like real does. eggs it's probably real eggs <laughs> hey jenny this is your brain on drugs <laughs> your <laughs> eggs in a frying pan that's what i was getting out of it that whole movie is your brain on drugs. Like No that's... doubt. <laughs> yeah. And um, we'll wrap this thing up. Our movie ends with Hummus making a self-sacrifice because, hey, surprise, surprise, our terrorist has a bomb. Yeah, she just kind of pulls all of her, you know, robes off of her and everything to reveal this gorgeous woman you know but she has bombs strapped you know all to her and and uh she says you know for democracy you know i'm gonna sacrifice myself (laughs) (laughs) and 
she blows up that restaurant and all of the zombie chickens inside. But Arby and Wendy and a little girl, they get to escape and they're driving. And I don't know if you caught the vibes I did, but anytime we see people driving in a car, we always wonder if that trauma thing is going to happen. The trauma thing almost always does happen. It does. Yeah, and it and it's no exception for this one. We find out the little girl in the back, surprise, surprise, is a zombie chicken because Arby lets her have a beer because she's thirsty and her stomach starts gurgling and he's like, it must be the beer, all nonchalant. But we realize if beer kills them, she lets out a fuck and then that's whenever the car, it, we, we, we switch frames and we know it's just the classic Kabuki Man car scene. We call it the classic trauma car crash and that's how the movie ends. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. Yep, and that's how you go out, and that's how, you know, that's the the closing song, and that's all she wrote, folks. That, Everybody's dead anyway. <laughs> that is it. And we skipped a few things here and there, but you know what? If you want to know about all of it, we recommend you go watch it, because Jenny mentioned you can rent it on Prime and watch the version of it that even I haven't seen. Otherwise, if you like Troma, you buy the damn movie. It's great. Oh, yeah, 99 cents. So worth it. Yeah, it is. I might just do that. Well, that's gross, right? I want to see. Was there any other reason for me to watch that version? I'm pretty uh, sure that's the only thing. Well, go Joe for having a 99 cents <laughs> asshole. I'm just saying. Jenny, it was so awesome to talk trauma with you two times back to back. And if it's cool with you, I want to bring you back in the future and make you, again, just my trauma guest because you're my trauma sister. Oh, absolutely. This is always so much fun. You know I love me some trauma. If people want to talk to you on Twitter, how can they find you? I'm on Twitter at Jen Dreadful. Just hit me up. We'll talk trauma. We'll talk movies. Just don't talk Seinfeld or Frasier. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> oh, wait. No. Hey, wait. I, hey, wait. You got me there. Frasier, yes. Frasier, yes. Always Frasier. Uh, Jenny loves trauma and Frasier. You heard it. <laughs> wraps up another episode of the podcast from another world what did you guys think trauma entertainment making its debut on the episode as well as the lovely and deadly jen dreadful it was awesome to record with jen we got to fulfill a poll topic request and we got to throw down on some trauma entertainment also want to give a special shout out to my buddy jason uchannon for not only doing the intro for the show but also just being a really cool dude you rock man this concludes the month of June, for the podcast from another world anyway, but make sure you stay tuned in and catch the next episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast as Brian throws down on, well, it's literally called Stay Tuned. Next month, the Horror Marathon continues. I have the privilege of releasing an episode on the 4th of July, and I can't think of a better movie to do than one of my favorite underrated horror films from the 1990s called Uncle Sam. If you've seen the movie, then you know what kind of fun we're going to get into. But if you haven't, 
head over to Tubi TV and watch it for free. And just to make the episode even better, I have a returning guest. You might remember him from the Capricorn One episode. He is the host of the Fave Five from Fans podcast, Mr. Jamie Ray. This podcast is part of a slightly irregular podcast network. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at NetworkSip. Or you can find me directly with the handle at Dave underscore Phantom. Thank you guys for tuning in and checking out the episode. And I'll see you in two weeks. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the podcast from another world. If you've been waiting forever for this episode, I have been waiting forever, probably even longer, and have been bugging Dave even longer uh, for this episode to be made. So don't forget to follow everybody out there. You know, uh, Dave underscore Phantom, uh, the podcast from another world on Instagram, and the SIP network where you can find podcasts such as Paranormal Pativity, uh, the podcast from another world, Five Fae from Fans, Angry Dad podcast, Back in Time podcast, Dead Hand Radio from the Waste, It Be Like That, and of course the Terrible Terror podcast. So I hope you guys really enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you next time on another bonus episode from the podcast from another world. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.